You now your special moment uh, is upon you. You get your first head coaching job and in the professional ranks with the Kentucky Colonels of the new American Basketball League, and that. And uh, John Y. Brown is the owner, and he tell us about how you came to get that job, and and who were some of the players that played for you. Well, at the end of the first year of being with the Bucks. I was offered two jobs in the ABA because of a guy that we all know, a lawyer, Herb Rudoy, oh, yes. who had plenty of players, ABA, NBA, and then overseas. Herb was one of the top agents at the time. I could have gone to San Antonio or to uh, Kentucky. I wasn't ready, but I knew I wasn't ready. I was only in pro basketball one year, and then ABA. You had the three-point line, you had a red, white, and blue ball, you had all these different rules, no foul outs, you know, a guy could stay in the game so you could keep your best players in the game. Why You said, why did they do that? They did that so the fan would never be cheated, that the greatest players would play the whole game. Because then if they committed a foul, you got the foul shot, technical, and you got the ball back. So there were all kinds of things that they did in the ABA. Plus, Go to ABA, there's pressing and trapping and full court zones, and you could do anything you wanted. So I wasn't ready, I, and I knew it. I stayed at the end of the second year. The Brown family, John Y. Brown, offered me. I went down, and I, I, I went through the interviews with he, and then his wife had a contingent of seven women that sold the team tickets. and So I had to meet with them. And uh, she offered me the job. <laughs> yeah, he thinks he offered me a job. He didn't offer me. She offered me yes, the, right? the real yeah. boss. That's right. And uh, and I'll never forget it. Mm -hmm. 45, 50, 55 mm -hmm. for three years. Wow. Well, we, we don't know whether we're going to merge. Nobody knew that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the first year, I now come back, the coaching team. I knew I needed an assistant, and I went and got an excellent Stan Allback. Stan was an ABA guy uh, up in Denver, and then with uh, Will Chamberlain mm -hmm. with San Diego. Mm -hmm. right? And Michael Jordan's That's first right. NBA. Coach. Oh, come on. No, it's Stan. Stan did a great job yeah. with Chicago, New Jersey, mm -hmm. once he got his chance. Mm -hmm. And there we were. Well, the first team we have, there are only 10 guys on a team in the ABA because that's all they could afford. Four new guys, Stan Allback and I. And fortunately, we have Artis Gilmore at center, Dan Issel at power forward, Louis Dampier at the shooting guard. Pretty dang good team. Okay? Now, this is the best team by far that I've ever coached. Good teams in Atlanta, good teams in New York. Memphis kids were great. A lot of playoffs. All like, this team was great. We averaged 108 during the, during the season. Gave up 92. When we went 3-1, I'm, I'm sorry, 4-1, 4-1, 4-1 in the playoffs. Averaged 108, gave up 92. We could, our first unit, big, strong, execute half-court offense. Naturally, Gilmore and Issel, Hall of Fame guys, Louis Dampier, the greatest three-point shooter the ABA ever had, played in the league for nine years. 
a legendary player. Mm -hmm. But our second unit, Preston Trap. You could do all the three-quarter, half-court, all that trapping. You could do anything you wanted. Those guys were so good. We played 10 guys a quarter. And we tie New York, who won the championship the year before. We play them a one-game playoff. They, Dave the Busher was the uh, commissioner. Flip a coin. We get home court. Sell out proud. We beat them. So we win the league. And then we get first place in the playoffs, in the draw. So then we uh, beat Memphis the first round. Then we beat St. Louis because St. Louis upset the Knicks. I mean, the, the, the Nets. And by the way, how good was St. Louis? St. Louis only had Moses Malone, Caldwell, jo Caldwell Jones, uh, Bad News Barnes, Ron Boone, one of the greatest player, uh, guards ever to play in the ABA. All right. And then they, they had such a – oh, Maurice Lucas. All these guys are on St. Louis. Mm -hmm. Okay, People forget this. The league was loaded. And then in the final, we played Indiana, and Indiana, great team. George McGinnis, people say to me at the end of that year, who was the best player in the league? And I said, all right, we're going to play tonight. 25,000 I put up and you put up before the game starts. Mm -hmm. I want Dr. J to play in one game. You can have anybody you want. <laughs> I said, now, oh, we're playing a three-game series? Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night? I'm taking George McGinnis. You can have Dr. J. Because George McGinnis, three nights back-to-back. -back, I left today. At one stretch, because uh, Lloyd Gardner, our trainer, just wrote a great book about the Colonels and winning the championship, and all about the league. It's a fantastic seller, naturally, in Kentucky. And in there, he's talking about us winning nine games in 12 days. Wow. <laughs> no private planes. You tell that mm. to a player today, they're bitching and moaning about playing four and five. Mm. We're talking about going to the airport and getting, and getting to that next city, all right, and playing. But as you know, George, we, we didn't have the national television. But that team was the best team I ever coached. And unfortunately, at the, that summer, they sold Dan Issel to the Baltimore Claws that never opened up for $500,000. That would be like $50 million today, all right? Mm -hmm. and, then they, and then they sold them to Denver. So that's how Dan Issel ended up in Denver. And they sold our point guard, who was the best defensive guy in the league, Teddy McLean, 6'3", out of Tennessee State. State. All right? Great, great guard, George. Could he defend? They sold him to the Nets for 150000 Why? Because they needed money. Yes. That team was only together one year. And you go back and look at our scores in our 10 exhibition games against NBA, laughable. Mm-hmm because our league was loaded. You did not want to play the Nets, the Colonels, San Antonio, because to me, San Antonio had the best town. Denver, with Larry Brown coach in Denver, okay? Those teams could play with anybody, any place, any time. And we had the best officials because they raided the NBA and they had all the best officials in the league. The problem was, no national television, and we played one another 12 times. So 
you could see the team six different times coming into the arena. So the only time we could sell out in Louisville is when we played Dr. Jane and that's They sold out every place, every mm -hmm. game. Mm -hmm. The NBA came to realize they, they couldn't let this continue, so the the, the leagues merge, uh, and uh, two teams from the ABA don't go on and into the NBA, and the Kentucky Colonels was one of them. But so now you have this merger of the ABA and the NBA, and that takes Hubie Brown to his first NBA coaching job, and that's with the Atlanta Hawks. And someone told me the other day, they said, you could write a book about Hubie's time at, at the Atlanta Hawks, all the, the interesting things that took place. Of course, Ted Turner was the owner. And someone told me, they said, when you took the job, Ted Turner told you, you had an $800,000 team budget to operate on. George. <laughs> We merge. I get the job. Mm -hmm. They haven't had a winning team in four years. Mm -hmm. I get the job. We have a losing season the first year. Mm -hmm. We get rid of eight guys. Fortunately for us, in February of that first year, okay, Ted Turner buys the team because the guy who owned the team was unloading it and also the hockey team. Ted Turner buys the team. You say, why? Because he just bought the Braves. Mm -hmm. But more important, he bought a television station that was called TBS Content. for $800,000. Mm -hmm. And he had all movies, and he had 152 baseball games. So he was looking to get live entertainment so that he could get the male audience to watch baseball, basketball, and then movies. Mm -hmm. Then that, he did it again with TNT, etc. But that's how it started. Mm -hmm. He buys it thing. Now he walks, I swear to God, he says, this is great. At the end of the year, we finish the season. So now he comes in and he says, uh, okay, now here's what we're going to do for next year. I'm in his office, George. It's as big as this room. Mm -hmm. And in there are all of these incredible cups because he won the nine times the greatest sailor in yeah. the world. Yeah, America's the cups. world. Yeah. Then never mind the America. The America Cups were actually. Yeah. And then as you remember, the boat got lost. Yes. Uh, he was lost for a number of days. People thought they were dead. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, loaded with all of this stuff. He doesn't know a thing about basketball. Mm. <laughs> so he says to me, now this is great. I'm excited though because he's going to change everything. So he has his pen. Can I get up? Yes, right? absolutely. Yeah, this is great. You're me. So he goes, now listen. Here's what we're going to do. He says, now I don't know anything about basketball, but the team last year, 1.4 million. He says, we're not doing 1.4 million because I only won 32 games. So I'm cutting it back to 800,000. We're going to have a team of 800,000. So I go, 12 guys, 800,000? So he goes, yeah. So he says, but listen to my plan. He goes, now, he says, you got to understand what we're going to do. We're going to come in last. And then when we come in, when we come in last, he said, we're 
we're going to get the first pick in the draft. And he said, then the next year, he said, we're going to come in last. Again. I'll throw it. He's thrown his pen. He hasn't caught it yet. Yeah. You know, I know I'm in trouble, right? Yeah. I can't, he's thrown his pen. He can't catch it. All right? So he goes, we're going to come in last again. Then he says, the third year will probably come in next to last, but we'll have another great pick. So because back then there was none of this balls in the air yeah, was yeah. how you finish. Yeah. So he goes, goes right over George. He pulls up the chair and he goes, what do you think? <laughs> now, if you know Ted Turner, that's how he talked. Yeah. He goes, what do you think? So I go, how about if we try winning? <laughs> and he goes, right. I swear to God. He goes, winning? Do you think we can win with an $800,000 team? I said, well, why don't we try? I said, let's try. So he goes, okay. I says, but here's the rule. You're not going to interfere with who we're going to bring to camp. Because if you're saying 800000 I got to be able to bring guys in and out and so forth and so on. And then I said, we're going to do something that's never been done in the NBA. I said, on every field goal, we're going to press you full court, either man-to-man -man or one, uh, one, two, one, one, press. I said, on every foul shot, we're going to press two, two, one. He's looking, he doesn't know what I'm talking right, about. Right, okay? right. I said, every time the ball goes out of bounds, I got this from Luke Campanelli, in the backcourt, we're going to be one, three, one, half-court trap. And then I said, when we shoot and miss, we'll come back and we'll play man-to-man, -man, but we're going to trap and rotate. Now he has no idea. He's looking at me. He's gone. But, but do you really think we can win? I said, let's try. Well, when we were 41 and 41 in the playoffs, he couldn't believe it. All right? <laughs> he has he has a George. He gets us all together at the stadium. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have a dinner. Now we lose in, uh, in the playoffs to Washington. The next year, uh, we win uh, 40, 48, I think. And we lose in seven games to Washington when they win the championship. And that's when President Carter came to the game in the second round. It was a Sunday afternoon television yeah, game. Yeah, you were coaching here. That's right. And it, w it, was really, it was really great because here's the president at the game in Washington. It's game seven. They beat us. Dick Mata was a great coach. But they have Bobby Danridge and Unseld and Hayes and that group of guys and uh, uh, Phil Chenier. But anyway... The third year, we win 50 games in a division. Now, here's what he did. He didn't know anything about the game. At this dinner, we all bring our wives, and we all go to the dinner, and it was in the stadium club. And he says, all right. He goes, and he hits the glass, you know. He goes, okay, look, you all know that I can't give you money because we don't have money. He said, the station is starting to make a move. Our, our uh, billboards are back. And like the days of my father, we're the best billboard thing in the South now. And he says, but he says, I want to make this television and the Braves and the Hawks go. He says, but we're paying off a lot of debts. And I, so he said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you shares of stock in TBS 
So he gives out the envelopes, shares the stock. Worth nothing. Tom McMillan, who you, who right, you coach, right, Tom goes around to every guy and says, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll buy those stocks from you. He said, because, you know, they're not worth that. They're only worth about $7 or something. Whatever he did. He, he, he's buying all three atomic notes, buying up all the shares of stock. That should have made everybody suspicious right away. <laughs> I, during my time of, you know, going, your kids going to college and, and weddings and everything else, I eventually, you know, so I said, Mike Fratella at one time told me that his stocks were worth right around $7, okay? Mm -hmm. Kept them. Now, Tom McMillan had a ton of those. He made okay? He had a ton, all right? Now, I give him a lot of credit because he's, he had the, the sight to look down the picture. But Ted, for us, he was great because he never interfered with anything, George. He just let us coach. So we could go out. That year, I tell Hal Whistle, I want you to find the quickest guard in the Eastern League. He comes back with Charlie Chris at 5'8", 28-year-old mm -hmm. rookie. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And we've kept finding guys like that with quickness. I called John Lotz down at Florida. We had two second round pick, uh, two third round picks, and right at the top of the third round. And I said, John, give me the best guard by far that you ever had that you've seen, that you've played against. Oh, he's, that's not even a joke. He's a kid by the name of Eddie Johnson at Auburn. He's got a bigger afro than Dr. J, and he's a problem. He said, but you're talking the best guard, best quickness. So on the first pick, the NCAA finals were in Atlanta. Marquette beats Charlotte, but in the preliminary, in, in the, the first round, in the semifinals, Vegas was in there with sudden Sam Smith. You remember mm -hmm. him? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. We take him on the first pick at a, sec a third round, and we pick Eddie Johnson. Little do we know that the guy we picked on the first round, Tree Rollins, the shot blocker, who's going to lead the league five straight years in shot blocking, is Eddie Johnson's first cousin. <laughs> the moms or sisters. We had no idea. All right. That's how this all started. We got a shot blocker because we were going to press and trap and all that. We got the fastest and quickest kids, and we were in the playoffs that first year. But I give him a lot of credit. Ted Turner, because he made everybody happy. He couldn't get it. It was, it was a great thought, yeah. you know? And then the second year and the third year, he did those things.